welcome back to Real Home Talk. Yeah. James with Spectrum Global Financial. And Crystal Jenkins with Remax Downtown. Yeah, you already know us. You've listened to our last episode with uh, Adam and Marcel. And man, was that an amazing episode. I feel like I could have kept them on for hours. I know. I can tell you it was a packed full of a lot of good information. Um, yeah. I mean, just very relative to first time home buyers or just buyers in general who's looking to go with new construction. Yeah. I mean, it almost, uh, I mean, there's so much info and I feel like the, the big thing is like a lot of people look at, uh, new home builders as like, it, they could look at it as, oh, this is a great place to go. Or they look at it as like bad guys, you know, they're like, oh, they're going to take advantage and switch things up or whatever. Um, but the thing is when you have a good home builder, you don't have to worry about those things. And when you have a realtor representing you, uh, representing your interest, you already mm -hmm. know, okay, I'm okay. I'm covered. You know, so you want to find a home builder that does good construction and looks out for borrowers. Absolutely. And it's good. It's good to have the, the reputation of a builder is the most important. So you look at the history of what that builder has done in the past, what homes they've built, look at the, the way, how the neighborhood that they built in the past, how does those homes look? Then you will yeah. see that, man, this neighborhood looks amazing. And that builder might be Meritage, you know? It, it, and so that helps you understand five years from now, after you've already built your house, you already closed on it. That's that's how your house is going to look. It's going to look just like it was new. And that's, yeah. that's the builder you want to deal with. And that's the thing. It's like the quality of construction. So, you know, certain builders have different types of quality of materials and construction they use because you're right. You can buy a new home and if it's not that great of a builder, you're going to see that down the line. So you always want to do your research up front. Yes, yes, yes. So the one thing I enjoyed to, to hear from uh, Marcella is that they streamlined their process where you pick the lot and then you pick what model or you know floor plan that you want. And then you picked what design package you wanted. So it wasn't a lot of different parts and pieces that was very excessive. It was very simplistically explained and understood. And, you know, and so you don't have, you're not so overwhelmed when you go to look at new construction at Meritage. No, agreed. And I love how they handled the pandemic because, I mean, we were hearing things from every angle of like how prices were changing or, you know, you were getting kicked out of your contract and they were reselling your same home for a lot more to somebody else. And so for Meritage to, to be fair with people and be, you know, honest that, that integrity, I think holds a lot of water compared to the people who got ousted by other builders. For sure. For sure. I mean, you know, and now that the, the market is stabilized in a lot of ways, of course, I, I was very pleased to hear that there's that there is still homes that's being built and the demand is still there. So, you know, it is very understandable that the interest rate is going up, but you still need to have a place to live. <laughs> you, know? you still need to have a place to live. So working with uh, new construction, at least before during the pandemic, it was, I think, uh, six to 12 months more on the 12 month side for new construction. And now I like that I've heard from Marcella, it's reduced back to four to seven months, which is pretty reasonable. 
Yeah, that's pretty huge that now supply chains are catching up. So, and, and like you said, Crystal, interest rates aren't going to be high forever, you know? So they're high right now. You're going to end up refining uh, in a couple of years. And we still have such a massive um, shortage of inventory in mm-hmm. Florida because everybody likes to to come down to Florida. You know, our sunshine, um, our governing policies where it's kind of like everyone's saying it now it's the free state, you know? Yeah. So not only is it a sunshine state, it's the free state. You um, forgot everybody comes not for that. They come for Mickey Mouse, Universal. Oh, yeah, that's the big thing. Right? And, and, you know, and SeaWorld. It's not even about the sunshine. You know, it's about the amusement parks here. You know, and this, you know, it's so much to do It's you, you know, there's so much to do here that's you can pay to do things or you can do things that are free and it's very enjoyable. Oh, without a doubt. And and you get to keep back more of your money too with uh, the tax. So, I mean, there's so many benefits. Uh, We don't have to sell anybody on it. Everybody's already coming down. (laughs) I know, I know, I know. So when you're going to look for new construction, you know, one thing they also mentioned that different programs that have been developed because of the interest rate has been increased. So um, the the lockdown, you know, the lock rate, the lock-in of the rates, we talked about that. Um, you know, James, you being in lending, can you explain more and elaborate more of what she was referring to? Now, understand the builder have, have their own lenders and their own title company, but it's always still good to shop around. So sharing your knowledge of the lending market and your years, 20 years of experience, Explain more to that. Yeah, no, it's it's exactly like you said. So as uh, rates have gone up, uh, applications have gone down, and lenders have to still meet their their goals. You know, they have shareholders. Um, a few of the lenders are already on the stock market, so they have to show that they keep business going. So what do they do? They get more creative. They're like, okay, things that you know weren't working uh, essentially they're they're fixing it so they're finding out they're loosening um restrictions on qualifying and then they're coming up with programs like a 2-1 buy down program so let's say right now um if rates are 6.99 uh if which is it's high compared to the past few years i know people say well back when i when i first got my first home it was 17 percent. yeah but i think we've been spoiled the past few years it's been you know between two and 4%, you know, so we've already got that mindset. 6.99 seems high, but it's actually, there's a pretty good rate in uh, 2007. The two, one buy down program. What's fantastic about it is it drops your rate for the first two years or for the first year to 4.99. The second year it goes up to 5.99 and then it goes back to 6.99. So it's almost like you're saving for those two years and you're banking on the idea that Rates aren't going to stay up forever. Eventually, we're going to get inflation under control, and then we're going to be refining in two years. And worst case scenario, you're still at the same rate that you are right now. So if you lock at today's rate, the only thing this is doing is giving you a lower payment for the first two years. And then it stays at that 6.99 amortization. So it's, it's so a it's really fixed. good benefit. So it's fixed after the third year, correct? Correct. Yeah. So it's fixed from the very get-go. So if we lock right now at 6.99, that first year, you're going to have 4.99, everything amortized on that, which typically is saving people about $400 um, per month. And then that second year, they're saving about $200 per month because the rate goes up about a point. And then the third year, it goes back to the the normal payment. And um, yeah, the 
this is based on a roughly four hundred thousand dollar home, anywhere from three fifty to four hundred. That's that's the savings you're going to get. So it just shows how big of an impact because if rates were four point nine nine, I mean that's much more affordable because people are like, well, how are rates pricing people out of the market? Well, that four hundred dollar gap, I mean that's a huge gap uh, uh, against your monthly income. That that's going to price everybody out. And if you're Looking at a three hundred fifty thousand dollar home, four hundred thousand dollar home, and you're paying about twenty eight hundred per month, twenty eight to three thousand per month, that's a lot higher than what you would have been paying, you know, even earlier this year when rates were still in the two point nine nine, three point one nine range, you know, where you're looking at about two thousand twenty one hundred dollar payment. So it's such a big jump that programs like this are not only like welcomed; it's almost like they're necessary. To help people still be able to become homeowners. Yeah, absolutely. And it's and it it is make it affordable. It just really makes it affordable for you to be able to get in a home because the prices of homes, from what I've seen, is not going down. You know, or if you saw the prices, if you follow Zillow and Realtor.com and all these other websites, they've probably went down. And what you what you saw was they were already elevated. Yep. And then they they've come down to meet the 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 market because the market only can take so much. You know? And so, you know, some people, you know, when it was a seller's market, they kind of got greedy, you know, if you if you didn't oh, think yeah. about it. So so just understand that. So it, as we see the market evolving and changing and the loan process actually evolving to meet the needs of the market. That means loans are are being created to allow people to still buy homes. Correct. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And you know, it's uh, interesting, Chris. So I'm glad you mentioned that because during the pandemic, they got rid of so many programs and it was like, okay, if your score is not at least 640, we're not even looking at your file. So lenders were kind of trying to minimize the risk. So credit score has a lot to do with risk. And so they would get rid of all these programs. So if you have below 640, they're they're not giving out loans. Now it's gone back to where it was pre-pandemic. We're now, we're going down to 580. We're going down to 550. You know, the terms aren't as favorable, but they're trying to open it up to more borrowers. But like you said, home prices have gone up. So now you've got borrowers, you know, the best borrowers, I mean, let's say, you got to have three things to qualify, right? You got to have credit, you got to have income, and you got to have money. You got to have money down or deposits. So if you've got two of the three, there's still a good chance you could get a loan. But if you don't have any of those things, or you know, or you only have one of the three, you you got some work to do before you get in the house. Housing prices spiked, but they came back right back down to that trajectory it was normally on. So it's always been going up, increasing at a at a steady pace. We had mm-hmm. that big spike and now it's just coming right back down. It doesn't mean your house lost equity, but it's like you said, people were overbidding. They were coming down, paying more for a property than it was worth. And they they kind of spiked the market like artificially. And it has yeah. nothing to do with, you know, um, you know, people, I think it created this uh this mindset to sellers where they're like, oh, well, people are paying fifty thousand over. I'm gonna list, you know, my house and I want fifty thousand over. And then it just created this snowball effect where everything just kind of increased. And it was people moving down, paying cash for everything. Um, And even financing, because a lot of our appraisals, when we were getting them, they were coming in 50,000 under the purchase price. 
and the borrowers were just coming up cash. You know, they're like, hey, not a big deal. I want the house. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so all of that time. just really was snowballed into something that was not able to be maintained. This this activity of the heightening of the market, the inflation just really drove the housing market into a place that it, it shouldn't have been. No, and you're so, right. Yeah. So now we're, we're facing int- higher interest rates and basically trying to bring the market back down to stabilization. And um, it's a process. It's a process. It, it is. Yeah. And like you said, it wasn't sustainable. It was not sustainable that that high of purchase prices, people overpaying. And then uh, it's almost like um, almost like the Fed threw water on the whole situation. And it's like, <laughs> OK, you guys want to it's the Wild West. He's like, here, everybody cool off. We're, we're jacking up rates four points, you know, mm-hmm. within just a few months. And it's I, I think it's almost like a hard break. Mm-hmm. You know, they mm-hmm. slammed on the brakes. Everybody like flew into the windshield, into the dashboard, and we're like, "What happened?" Yeah. And now, it's surprising how it almost happened almost overnight. We saw the trends, and then it just like like a water faucet shutting off. Yeah. So this is kind of started around June for those who just haven't been, you know, having a head in the market. But I'm sure it's been in the news. You know, if you look at the news, you you've seen this. So and new construction sales have also increased. So it's just not existing homes. New home construction have, have increased. But the one thing about new home construction, you know, at, you know, before the pandemic, there was a line being that you had to wait for the houses. But now there, and you know, there was a waiting list. Then there was a line to get the houses. Now we're back just to a line to get the houses, and you can pick your lot, your site now. Before you just had to figure out what sites were available. You know, and so you can see the shift happening and you can actually, you know, some some uh, builders actually do have inventory homes available. That's really nice, actually. You know, so not as much waiting. But Crystal, like you said, uh, what you're seeing on the market, too, is there's still multiple offers on properties. There, you know? there are multiple it's offers just... on certain price points in certain neighborhoods, yeah. you know, so new construction I don't know if you you guys, um, when we were listening, they're more in the periphery. They're going towards Tampa. So between Orlando and Tampa, it's about an hour and 20 minutes. It's a lot of development going that direction. Lots of development. So if you don't mind being out, you know, out about 20 minutes or 25 minutes outside of Orlando, uh, you know, you it's, it's a perfect place. I mean, inside Orlando, some people don't like the traffic. They don't like the congestion. They don't want to be... Um, you know, right next to their neighbors. You want some breathing room. So when you kind of get out further in the suburbs, you actually are able to, you know, see some sun and see some uh, stars at night, you know, you know, with that that light pollution, you know? It's so funny. We were just talking about it because we love going to Tampa. I mean, it's only like an hour and a half drive from here, but Mm -hmm. they have every sports team, you know, that you could want. You know, they have the the Rays, they have the Buccaneers, and they have the Lightning. So it's it's kind of like a sports town, and it's a small, like, intimate city. So it's only natural that, um, you know, that area between Orlando and here, because they even uh, bus people out to the games from Orlando to here, and the same thing with the Orlando Magic. So you have great um, – just if you're a sports fan, 
in living in between all that, that's going to be amazing. And they're, they've got all this transportation between here and there. So isn't the SunRail, aren't they supposed to connect it out to Tampa or something? Yes, they are. They are the I plan? think they're planning to be headed out towards Tampa. So you don't have to drive. Eventually, you just have the, the, the um, SunRail that you just yeah. take. You can go to work and come back home. And it, it, it'll be a lot more efficient in the yeah. long run. Oh, agreed. And it's just like like we were discussing on the last episode, the amount of development, um, jobs being created, businesses going up. So, I mean, you're going to see it all developed. And it's almost like you're getting in on the ground floor, you know, if you like the area where it's at now and, you know, plan to stay there. I mean, it's I think it's just great. Yes, for sure. For sure. So um, if a couple other things that I noticed that was different and, and specifically the CDD. Yes, that was a huge, a huge component. And I know it's kind of interesting to hear that this is a massive development that is being um, taken on and by a governing body. And then you have a smaller, more economical homeowners association. And sometimes it's it's a little odd because you don't have two different entities. But the reason that uh, Adams mentioned that I thought was really good. You know, because homeowners associations, some of them don't do their job in making sure that the rules and regulations have been adhered to by the neighbors. Whereas when you deal with a governing body, it really uh, kind of stabilizes things and makes sure that, you know, this is something that's taxed. You know, this is more of a law, not just a rules, you know, and so you kind of adhere them a little bit differently. And no, and you're you're right because HOAs are only as good as the people running them, and some of them are run by people in the community. Some of them have uh, property management groups, and it's all over the place. So having something that's already rolled into your property taxes, already taken care of. Um, so if you escrow your account, which means your taxes and insurance are in your monthly payment, it's taken care of. It's not some separate fee you have to pay. Um, whereas HOA is. Uh, so it's just uh, I don't know I. I absolutely love the idea of a CDD because it's going to help upkeep that community and develop it. You know, whereas an HOA uh, sometimes in uh, in Orlando, you might have some HOAs where they just nickel and dime people to get them out of the neighborhood, you know, where it's like mm-hmm. they, they, they try to make things uh, not as uh, fun to live in. So it's nice when you actually have a, a governing district that takes care of you and wants to uplift the community. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, so it's, it's nothing bad about CDDs. It's nothing bad. That's, I'm glad they clarified that. So, and I also like the fact that we talked about land in general. I mean, it, it is a, a fact that we are congested in the Orlando proper. So getting out in the periphery is something that, you know, needs to happen and, you know, and it's, it's good. It's a, it's a good thing. You know, um, you know, getting something you get more, you get more for your money when you're out of the center of Orlando. You, that's just that's just a fact. It's true, Crystal. What's what's your favorite thing about working with a builder? Because you just closed one recently. Was did it seem like seamless? Um, what like what would you say like a pro and a con of it would be? Well, I I would say that when you work with builders, you have to specifically know, um, you know, the product that they provide. And you have to, and you have to clarify what is what is a part of your package as new construction and what is not a part of 
the package. And so I, that's why I kind of like what Meritage did because they specifically clarify what you're buying. Um, the one thing I didn't care for is when you go to the model home and they show you everything that can be done. And then when you go to the home that you're building, some of the things that they show in the model is not a part of the standard package. Yeah. Now, so like not, some builders don't disclose that, right? They're just like, correct. this is common standard. So it's nice one Meritage, you know, um, they show everything transparently. Yeah. Very, no very surprises. Transparent. No surprises. You get what you get, what you get, and they show you what you get from the model all the way to contract, all the way through construction, and then your final pro product. There's no surprises in between. Now, now, Crystal, do you charge to give your expertise on new construction? I do not charge anything to assist a buyer in buying a new construction home. The benefit of having me work with you is to make sure that what the builder is promising you would get is actually what happens in the construction process. Wow, so they can get your expertise at no cost. You handle the transaction. So it's just like you represent them. You make sure no funny business goes on, You know, especially with some of these other uh, builders out there. And you're like, hey, this is clearly defined. Let's get this done. So it's kind of like, uh, I mean, so it's having your your person, your guy, your girl, just saying, "Hey, can you handle this for me?" And you're like, yeah, "Yeah, I've been doing this for 15 plus years. More than happy to." Absolutely, and I think the one thing that builders do is when you walk into a new construction development, that person behind that desk represents the builder, mm -hmm. and they have all the knowledge about that building, that that builder's standards, procedures the model, the, the floor plans, and all of that. And they represent and favor the builder. So when you walk in as a new, brand, brand spanking new first time home buyer or a buyer who have bought in the past, but just not informed and don't live into the new construction, home construction space, you have no knowledge of what goes on and what to expect. And so, Having someone to help you understand the contract, help you understand what options you might want to consider getting before closing and what options that's not required to get until after closing. So it could save your bottom line and you can get an economical price for the home. So then after you meet with, you have usually have a meeting with the, the construction general contractor on site. So me as a realtor, I would go out with you to have that meeting to clarify what expectations you have and make sure they're being met from that meeting, that point on. So, and then once every couple of months, you have meetings to go out to the site with the, the general contractor where I would meet you to check on those upgrades or uh, locations of lights or you know the installation installation or various things that was selected prior prior selected so as well as having inspections having an inspector that comes out to represent you is important during the construction process because there's other inspections that's done but what if the electrician missed something or the roofer missed something or the ac person missed something that is important for you to know so New construction is a very good process, but
but having someone to guide you along the process to represent you makes it so it's like insurance just having insurance to make sure the end product is good and you don't want to wait to the end and figure out man i wish i had a realtor because by then it's too late you got to do it at the beginning of the process no absolutely yeah and then i also want to mention or just add that the builder pays for the real estate agent that represents you at no additional cost to you so I want to clarify that in the process. No, absolutely. And uh, it's almost like uh, like a couple of episodes back when we had adding on the home inspector. I mean, you probably wouldn't even think to get a home inspector. Uh, had you not had a realtor say, hey, even though they finished this house, they're putting it up in record time. You just want to double check that it was done correctly, you know, and that everyone did their job right. You know, so it almost works hand in hand. It's almost like the more experts you have, you, you can't go... I forgot what the saying is, but you can't lose out by learning more. Um, there's it's a different saying, but essentially the more you know, the the better it is. So you can't yeah. have too many experts, you can't learn too much, you can't read too much. Um, you can only get better from it. Right. So you know what? One thing I've always was told by my grandmother is better to need and not have than to have and not need. You know, you know, that's what you you want to make sure you have what you need to get what you need to get done. And so as, when, you, when, you, when you get a new construction house built and have someone periodically check the construction of that house to make sure at every step that before they cover up this, the drywall is being put on, you want to make sure the studs are being done right or make sure the wiring for the maybe the sound system or the electrical outlets or dimmers or, you know, what's, you know, if you want to do an uh, outdoor kitchen, all these things have to have a certain amount of circuits. You know, uh, if you have a, a new Tesla, you will make sure that it has a certain kind of wiring in the garage. You know, these are kind of things that you really want to think about. And once the drywall is put in, you got to go back and retrofit that. You know, so you got to make sure there's, there's a lot of things that's kind of involved with the coordination. And so having a realtor on board to kind of make sure those things are in place for you it just makes it, you know, you're sitting here trying to work, going to go pick up kids from school. You got meetings after school. You got meetings for yourself and you're trying to build a house. That's kind of a lot. So, that, oh, so that's sure. why, you, that's why you hire a realtor to help you in that process. Absolutely. And um, I really loved uh, how we we're just breaking down previously occupied homes versus new construction. So there's benefits to both, you know, it's just about cost location and um, just what you can afford, right? So where you want to live and what you can afford. And right. that's, uh, that's kind of like all the the central hubs. I mean, most of that is not going to be new construction. Most of that is going to be a previously occupied home that you're most like you might want to rehab. Mm-hmm. And if you want info on that, a couple episodes back, you know, we take care of you guys. Um, so we've got info on how to rehab a home. Uh, or if you want new construction and want to be in areas that are on the verge of, just growing and they're kind of like at the starting points and they're going to grow and you want to be in that community that grows. I mean, new construction is a great option, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's, it's exciting, but I think my favorite part of, of new construction is, is just to see the house dried in, drywall up, kitchen cabinets done, flooring done, and just going to the final walkthrough with 
the client, with the homeowner before they close, just to make sure that the builder did everything just the way they imagine it to be. You know, so that final walkthrough, that's the time to pick out every little thing so that the builder didn't correct it before you go to kill the go to sign sign your life over to the world for 30 years. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you would you, you know, you you want to make sure that that this product that you're about to buy is, you know, there's no, you know, you know, outlets are in, light fixtures are up. You want to make sure that the walls are painted, the baseboards are done, crown molding is in carpet or floor uh, wood floor, whatever you decided. You know, you want to make sure everything is in pristine condition. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And yeah, um, no, I just, uh, it just opened our eyes to a, a lot more on new construction. Cause usually it's just nice to connect with people in different parts of the same industry. Uh, mm -hmm. cause then you kind of just learn more, um, and can, you know, give more value to the clients to, to help them understand it better. Yes. Yes. And that's the, that's the benefit of us working with each other because we can bounce off each other and, and share knowledge and experiences that can help any person that's looking to buy or to sell a home. You know, J James and I have been working together for over a decade and we, uh, we are a team that really works to benefit the home buyer and the home seller and, and, and making sure they are getting the best for their money at the time. Oh, absolutely. And um, just uh, so, so everyone knows, like the builders do have their own lender, right? Uh, we still look over that. So I've had clients come to me, have me look over it and see if it's a good deal. And I'm, I'm always transparent about it. You know, I'll tell them, yeah, lock it in, you know, great deal for what it is, but we go over the pros and cons of everything. So I never look at something as competition. I always look at what gets the borrower the best benefit because that's what's important in life. You know, it's yes. all about giving back and getting just all the goodness you put out in the world. Uh, it, it comes back to you, you know, totally whether you does. want it to or not, it does, you know, so just always put out goodness and make sure it works for them. Absolutely. And I want to say, you know, I, I personally have a, a couple of new construction deals that um, I, I have gone to a builder and came back and said, James, will you look at this paperwork? Can you can you see if this is done correctly for this client? And he was willing to do it. It's almost like going to to Walmart or Target. You know, what Walmart, uh, Target keeps Walmart honest. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's and, and so you want to make sure you you have someone to look at, um, you know, get a couple of different opinions, because if you 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 want to make sure at the end of the day, when you make a decision on who you decide to use as a lender. It's somebody that has your back. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. You know, we always have your back uh, listeners. So uh, if you have any questions or need anything from us or want to see a topic, um, just reach out. We're always more than happy to, to just bring value. And if you enjoy our episodes, make sure to subscribe, share it with a friend. We want to make sure that uh, everybody's getting that benefit. Yes. So definitely call or text or DM us. We are on, um, we are on Instagram. We are on Facebook. And we would love to, to hear what you think about our podcast. And we have also have Instagram on Tuesdays. We, we do uh, Tip Tuesdays. So you're welcome to follow us on that and just give us your feedback. We are always looking to improve the, the topics that we provide. 
and um, the people that we have on the show. So please feel free to connect with us and, and, and give us things that you might want to listen to or hear about. Absolutely. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next one. Bye.